0: If you do enough small things right, big things can happen. John Wooden. Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? Hi right, guys, here we go again. So today we are talking about Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World, written by Admiral William H. McRaven, was now retired from the U.S. Navy. He was a Navy SEAL, uh, worked his way up through the ranks over time, and has a lot of real world experience in life and battle. <laughs> so an interesting guy. He wrote this book as a result of the speech he gave to the graduating class at uh, University of Texas at Austin, May 17th, 2014. If you haven't seen his speech called Make Your Bed, it was very good. I've, I've watched it a few times and I really like how he basically takes very simple concepts and talks about how they have a greater impact on all aspects of your life, on other people's lives, and eventually maybe even change the world. So starting with Make Your Bed, a very simple task that you can do every single day of your life that is basically starting your day with a task achieved. That speech was so popular that he basically wrote a book describing where many of these topics came from, the moments that inspired him that he then translated to that talk. And so I won't give too much of this away because the book is quite small and very to the point, just brief stories through his experience. A lot of them come from his training as a Navy SEAL, um, some from war, and others from people he just encountered, some of the soldiers he worked with or their family members. So chapter one starts with, start your day with a task completed, and that is making your bed. Uh, if you start off by making your bed, you'll feel a certain sense of security, accomplishment, cleanliness organization, attention to detail. And he comes back to the make your bed many times that both starting your day that way and ending your day, coming back to a well crisp made bed has other implications in your life that kind of affect how your security, the way you feel about yourself, the way you feel about your environment, things that are predictable, uh, and so on. He says throughout my life in the Navy, making my bed was the one constant that I could count on every day. As a young SEAL Enzyme aboard the USS Greyback, a special operations submarine, I was birthed in Sick Bay. When the beds were stacked four high, the salty old doctor who ran Sick Bay insisted that I make my rack every morning. He often remarked that if the beds were not made and the room was not clean, how could the sailors expect the best medical care? As I later found out, this sentiment of cleanliness and order applied to every aspect of military life. Now, this next part, he was transferred to the White House after 9-11 to work with uh, the higher leaders of the country. And he says, they all understood that life is hard and that sometimes there's a little you can do to affect the outcome of your day. In battle, soldiers die. Families grieve. Your days are long and filled with anxious moments. You search for something that can give you solace and can motivate you to begin your day. That can be a sense of pride in an oftentimes ugly world, but it is not just combat. It is the daily life that needs the same sense of structure. Nothing can replace the strength and comfort of one's faith, but sometimes the simple act of making your bed can give you the lift you need to start your day and provide you the satisfaction to end it right. If you want to change your life and maybe the world, start off by making your bed. Uh, Next, he, he had a parachuting accident. Practicing dives and uh, ended up slamming into the ground much harder than he was supposed to, (laughs) two miles away from his target and uh, ended up in the hospital with uh, his pelvis torn in half and needing surgeries and things to replace it. He says, now lying in bed, all I felt was self-pity, but that would not last for long. My wife, Georgianne, had been given nursing duties. She cleaned my wounds, gave me the required daily shots and changed my bedpan. But most importantly, she reminded me of who I was. I had never given up on anything in my life, and she assured me that I was not going to start now. She refused to let me feel sorry for myself. It was the kind of tough love that I needed, and as the days went by, I got better. My friends came by the house, called constantly, and helped with whatever they could. My boss, Admiral Eric Olson, somehow found a way around the policy that required the Navy to conduct a medical evaluation of my ability to continue to serve as a SEAL. His support for me likely saved my career. During my time in the SEAL teams, I had numerous setbacks, and in each case, someone came forward to help me. Someone who had faith in my abilities, someone who saw potential in me where others might not, someone who risked their own reputation to advance my career. I've never forgotten those people, and I know that anything I achieved in my life was a result of others who have helped me along the way. None of us are immune from life's tragic moments like the small rubber boat we had in basic seal training. It takes a team of good people to get you to your destination in life. You cannot paddle the boat alone. Find someone to share your life with, make as many friends as possible and never forget that your success depends on others. A great word of advice to definitely surround yourself with positive people, people that are going places, people that can support you, people that can, you can support You know, we can all achieve more when we work together and having an excellent crew or paddle mate, swim mate, uh, life partner is going to improve your success and outcomes dramatically. I'm going to skip chapter three, though it was good. He says, only the size of your heart matters. Some really awesome stories in there that I would encourage you to buy the book and read for yourself. Chapter four, life's not fair, drive on the subheading here is if you want to change the world, get over being a sugar cookie and keep moving forward. (laughs) Now being a sugar cookie in the SEAL training is basically you go jump in the ocean fully dressed, however you are at the moment, and then go roll around in the sand covering every single part of your body in dry sand. So it just sticks to you. And then you stay that way the rest of the day. And it's definitely a a humiliating experience for most of them, but also just extremely uncomfortable to spend the entire day with sand in every crevice of your body. And uh, they call it being a sugar cookie. Obviously, it's it's trying to put these people in a low spot as they go through training. Making them do this is, is a way of punishment, like if they've done something wrong, stepped out of line, talked back, etc. They just, you know, didn't live up to the standard that was expected. And it's a humiliating experience and extremely uncomfortable. Well, in this particular instance, he's told to be run out in the ocean and make himself a sugar cookie. So uh, the frogman that day was Mokey Martin. And he says, Mr. Mack, do you have any idea why you are a sugar cookie this morning? Martin said in a very calm but questioning manner. No, Instructor Martin. I dutifully responded. Because Mr. Mack, life isn't fair. And the sooner you learn that, the better off you will be. So he was a sugar cookie just just to learn that lesson. Uh, The end of the chapter, he says, it is easy to blame your lot in life on some outside force to stop trying because you believe fate is against you. It is easy to think that where you were raised, how your parents treated you or what school you went to is all that determines your future. Nothing could be further from the truth. The common people and the great men and women are all defined by how they deal with life's unfairness. Helen Keller, Nelson Mandela, Stephen Hawking, Malala Yousafzai, and Mokey Martin. Sometimes, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are, you still end up as a sugar cookie. Don't complain. Don't blame it on your misfortune. Stand tall, look to the future, and drive on. I really love that chapter. I think in a, to the, in a world of extreme comfort, uh, where we have Justice Warriors, in every corner, it seems like, uh, understanding that, you know what, like sometimes misfortune happens and the best thing you can do is look to the future and drive on is an amazing piece of advice. Chapter five, failure can make you stronger. As training was coming to an end, there was one final open ocean swim, a five miler off the coast of San Clemente Island, completing it in the allowable time was essential to graduating from SEAL training. The water was bitterly cold, and as we jumped off the pier and into the ocean, 15 swim pairs entered the water and began the long trek out of the small bay, around the peninsula, and over the kelp beds. After about two hours, the swim pairs were so spread out, you couldn't tell where you were in the pack. Four hours into the swim, numb, exhausted, and on the verge of hypothermia, Mark, Thomas, and I crossed the beach. There, waiting at the surf's edge, was the instructor. Drop down, he yelled, my hands and feet we so cold, I couldn't feel the sand beneath my fingers and toes. With my head straining to keep upright, all I could see was the instructor's boots, and he walked around marking me. Once again, you two officers have embarrassed your class. Another set of boots appeared in my view, and then another. Several instructors were now surrounding us. You have made all your teammates look bad, he paused. Recover, gentlemen. As Mark and I got to our feet, we looked around the beach and suddenly realized we were the first swim pair to finish. You embarrassed them, all right, the instructor smiled. The second pair isn't even in sight. Mark and I turned to look toward the ocean, and sure enough, there was no one in view. Well done, gentlemen. It looks like all that extra pain and suffering paid off. The instructor paused, stepped over, and shook our hands. I'll be honored to serve with you when you get to the teams. We had made it. The long swim was the final tough event of training. Several days later, Mark and I graduated. Mark went on to have a distinguished career in the SEAL teams, and we remain close friends to this day. In life, you will face a lot of circuses. You will pay for your failures, but if you preserve it, if you let those failures teach you and strengthen you, then you will be prepared to handle life's toughest moments. So a circus in SEAL training is when you've basically failed to complete the task in the right time, or for some reason, they make you stay an extra two hours and do like, a painful workout, right? Lots of scissor kicks and crunches and push-ups and all that stuff. And so that's what he's referring to here. He and his partner had to do these circuses over and over after these swims. Apparently, they were not strong swimmers in the beginning. but by this point, all that failure and paying the price for it turned into an amazing success for them, which this chapter kind of reminded me of Ray Dalio. he He constantly talks about a few topics. Like one is meditation has been the best thing for him uh in his entire life, as far as being able to stay calm, get focused, and make decisions. Um, the other thing is learning from pain. he reiterates that over and over, trying to understand where things went wrong, why they went wrong, and then learning from the pain and that that is one of the primary reasons he's become the most successful investor ever. Bridgewater has returned more profit to its investors than any other fund. And he attributes a lot of that to learning from the mistakes and putting a process in place to mitigate that. All right, moving on. Life is a struggle and the potential for failure is ever present, but those who live in fear of failure or hardship or embarrassment will never achieve their potential. Without pushing your limits, without occasionally sliding down the rope head first, without daring greatly, you will never know what is truly possible in your life. I'm going to let you read that story, though I thought it was fantastic, his experience in the training, what it means to slide down the rope head first. Basically, you got to take some risks. You got to understand that everything in life has an upside and a downside. And when you fail taking risks, it hurts really bad, right? It's embarrassing. It might be physically painful. It might have severe consequences. But if you neglect to try anything new and push yourself, you'll also never experience what it's like to reach some very difficult level of your potential. So here he is again with his swim buddy in training. And they had to go out there at night on a swim just before they were briefed about the number of sharks and great whites in the water and all this stuff. He says, our goal which we believe to be honorable and noble, gave us courage. And courage is a remarkable quality. Nothing and nobody can stand in your way. Without it, others will define your path forward. Without it, you are at the mercy of life's temptations. Without courage, men will be ruled by tyrants and despots. Without courage, no great society can flourish. Without courage, the bullies of the world rise up. With it, you can accomplish any goal. With it, you can defy and defeat evil. I'm going to skip way ahead. Of all the lessons I learned in SEAL training, this was the most important: never quit. It doesn't sound particularly prof- it doesn't sound particularly profound, but life constantly puts you in situations where quitting seems so much easier than continuing on, where the odds are so stacked against you that giving up seems the rational thing to do. Never quit. He was almost fired from his job. And relieved from the military, but he had the chance to either quit or push through. And he decided to push on and reprove himself as someone that could be counted on as a leader. And, of course, he became (laughs) Admiral William H. McRaven, uh, leading, leading the Navy in a variety of major war situations. Life is full of difficult times, but someone out there always has it worse than you do. If you fill your days with pity, sorrowful for the way you've been treated, bemoaning your lot in life, blaming your circumstances on someone or something else, then life will be long and hard. If on the other hand, you refuse to give up on your dreams, stand tall and strong against the odds, then life will be what you make of it and you can make it great. Never, ever ring the bell the bell of course being that bell you can ring in seal training saying i quit i'm done i want a hot meal and a soft warm bed <laughs> um but ringing the bell basically is is giving up on that dream and he's saying that nobody he, he doesn't believe that anyone who rings the bell uh lives a life without regret and that pushing through and seeing through the the difficult times And not acting like you're a victim of life, rather, taking life by the horns and making it what you want is the way to go, which I couldn't agree with more. Okay, so ending the book here, he's going back to making your bed. Simple things done right. He says, if you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made, and a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. And he he finishes the book with his speech that he gave to the students there at the university. Um, Like I said, I've listened to the speech many times. I was happy to buy the book. Uh, I really love the words of advice that he has in here. I would encourage you to read the stories for yourself. Very encouraging. He talks about soldiers he's met. Kids that were, you know, young men whose legs were blown off, and they still uh, have high spirits and look to the future. And he runs into them later. They got their prosthetics. They're laughing and having a good time, competing in different events or working hard in different careers. And uh, their families. Another general or admiral who also had a one of his kids was killed in war, and you know, relating to other people. Um, obstacles they had to overcome in SEAL training, real-life real, real life experiences in war. So he's he's a very interesting man. He's got a lot of great wisdom. A lot of that comes directly from military, military experience, which is interesting to me. It's very detailed. It's organized. It's thought out. It's been proven over many, many years, and uh, he's a walking example of that. So interesting book. Make Your Bed. Little Things That Can Change Your Life and Maybe the World, written by Admiral William H. McCraven. I'll put the book in the show notes so that you can purchase your copy from Amazon if you choose. Uh, again, I appreciate you guys showing up, and we'll catch you on the next one. Adios. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilks.com slash store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.